0: Welcome to Locked On Warriors on today's show is Golden State's revamped supporting cast enough to support Steph Curry and we look ahead to tonight's season opener against the Lakers. It's all coming up next. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, a La Tuesday edition of Locked On Warriors, the only podcast bringing you the latest on the Warriors every day, Monday through Friday. I'm Wes Goldberg. However, you may be listening, YouTube, Odyssey, or on your favorite podcast app. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. I am joined on this fine Tuesday by the San Francisco Chronicle's new Enterprise Features Reporter, Connor Letourneau. Connor, moments before you jumped on to the show with me, uh, it was announced by your publication that you are indeed moving. From the Warriors beat after years of crushing it on that assignment to now a Features Enterprise reporting gig. Tell us more about uh, what that entails, uh, what readers can expect from you and how this all came about.
1: Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, So anyone who's followed my coverage the past five years probably knows that what I'm really passionate about is the long form stuff, is the bigger stuff the stuff that gets at the intersection of sports and society gets into players and coaches backstories, uh, lifts the curtain a little bit, gets at the human element a little bit more. Um, I got into sports initially because I just feel like sports are a great microcosm to tell great stories um, away from the court. And so even though I've enjoyed, you know, covering all the games and covering multiple finals runs, my heart has always really lied with that aspect of the job. So um in this new role, I'm going to be able to focus on that time, which I'm really excited about. And, uh, you know, I, I got to dip my toes into it a little bit in the off season. I did a series on minor league baseball. I did a big thing on like the Oakland roots, uh, like a thir- the strongest 13 year old in the, in the country, a bunch of different stuff. And so that's kind of a sneak peek of, uh, you know, what I'll be doing in this new role. Um, I've got some big things planned, um coming down the pipeline very shortly even got a couple big things coming out this week so um i'm going i'm still gonna be doing a lot of warriors uh i'll be doing a lot of warriors enterprise um and i'll i'll be doing some bigger dailies here and there on warriors but i will not be you know around the team on a daily basis i'll be writing about all bear sports really anything that catches my interest. So if you are listening to this and you know something obscure or random that you won't think I should write about, message me, I, I'm, I'm open for ideas.
0: The old tip line, I love it. Um, yeah. yeah, really exciting for you. I know that this is gonna be a big uh, deal because good feature writing is really hard to find uh, in today's sports media landscape, uh, especially. And uh, you've always been a really strong feature writer, I think the best in the country and so if you're going to be able to just do that full time, I think that's great, and you'll have uh, Rusty backfilling you. He'll be taking over the Warriors gig, um, and so I think you know a lot of longtime Warriors fans know Rusty already. Um, so I think it's a great move for your publications, a great move for you, obviously expanding beyond just the beat writer, um, you know, day to day job and and doing that. Um, before yeah, we get into in this, bit- of Rusty, Go
1: ahead. I just want to say something about Rusty real fast. He obviously was on the beat for eight years before me. So he's a very familiar name. He's very well-established on the beat. And he he was incredibly helpful to me in my time on the beat. He's become a good friend. And, um, you know, as cool and a- as exciting as it is to be in this new role, I'm honestly just as happy for Rusty um, to be back on the beat. I know yeah. it's something that he really wanted. I know it's something he's very excited about. And he's really hit the ground running you know he broke the andrew wiggins vaccination news he broke um you know joe lakeup's comments about ben simmons he's the reason joe Lacob got fined a bunch of money recently um and he's been writing more than i can even fathom lately and he's working his butt off so um it's nice to leave the beat knowing that it's in more than capable hands and uh you know like i said i'll still be around you know, he'll be focusing more on the day-to-day stuff and I'll be around helping out with, uh, the bigger swings here and there.
0: Very cool. Uh, you mentioned Ben Simmons there. We will get into a Ben Simmons related Tuesday trivia later in the show. Obviously talk a little bit about tonight's game between the Warriors and Lakers because it is opening night. What a time to make that announcement, Connor. And then the biggest storyline, biggest acquisition and biggest question facing the Warriors going into this season, brief announcement for my own, uh, not, Warriors related necessarily, but, um, as long to, as listeners know, uh, I will be moving on from locked on warriors at the end of this month, um, into a new role over the locked on podcast network. Um, but also today I launched my Substack, westgoldberg.substack.com. It's going to be mostly Miami heat and Miami sports material over there. But if you're a fan of me and you want to support for a free subscription, uh, and just check it out. Maybe, you know, hey, you you know what your West Coast team is with the Golden State Warriors. Maybe you'll adopt an East Coast team, if maybe just for betting reasons or something. Just pay attention to the Miami Heat and subscribe over there if you'd like. And, um, and Wes,
1: let's be honest here. It's not a total coincidence that I'm getting off the Warriors beat right after you got off the Warriors beat. Um, anyone uh, who has listened to this podcast or listened to my podcast, which unfortunately no longer exists, Warriors Off Court, rest in peace. Um knows that we're good friends and uh you coming on the beat two years ago really uh gave me my second wind i think on the beat i was starting to feel a little jaded a little tired of the travel um but you coming on the beat and being on the road with you and getting experience all that with you really gave me another uh another a new life a new lease on the beat and so i'm really thankful to you for that and uh to be honest when i when i knew you were leaving the beat it was hard to imagine like doing all those road trips and stuff without you so i probably still would have you know tried to work my way into a role like this even if you were still on the beat but i think the fact that you left when you did it was really like okay yeah i it's time i i need to i need to try to move into the next thing so i give credit to my boss christina carl yeah. who uh you know made this happen
0: onwards and upwards for both of us then huh um yeah. good stuff yeah. um all right With that out of the way, um, and I don't know if you have your phone next to your laptop, Connor, but you might be getting a little bit of feedback from it. I'm not sure how technology works these days, but there might be something near your computer that we're picking up feedback on. No worries. Um, The biggest storyline of the season, we're just going to jump right into it because I think it's whether or not Steph Curry has enough help. Is this revamped supporting cast enough to help Steph return, and the rest of these Warriors, return to the playoffs After two years of missing the playoffs, Steph Curry finished last year playing at an MVP level, has been playing, picked up right where he left off in the preseason, finishing in that final preseason game against Portland with 41 points. We know what we're going to get from Steph. We know that the Clay Thompson thing is in the future. He's going to come back at some point. Um, But this is very much a revamped supporting cast. And to me, this is the storyline of the season because the Warriors have spent two years building the supporting cast. It's not just Otto Porter and Mania Bielitsa and these guys. It's, the emergence of Jordan Poole. It's the emergence of Juan Iscano Anderson, years-long projects who are now ready to make an impact uh, and and sort of round out this roster, this new-look roster, um, around Steph Curry. Do you think he's got enough help?
1: You know, if you'd asked me a couple weeks ago, I would have said no. Um, But based off what we saw in preseason, I'm thinking a little differently right now. I know, I know it's just preseason, and you don't want to glean too much from preseason, but it was just incredibly encouraging what we saw. I mean, they looked like they were in midseason form, the way they were moving the ball, spacing the floor. Um, and keep in mind, they're, they're still without James Wiseman and Klay Thompson. Um, they could be w- without both of them for a little while still. And uh, the way that Jordan Poole slid into that starting two guard spot with clay out was incredibly impressive. He looks like he's ready to be a true, you know, complimentary piece, you know, like a, a true number two or number three scoring option, which is, which is huge. And then, you know, the other additions like Otto Porter and and Bializia um, even Moses Moody, they're they're all bringing something to the table and uh, it just looks like the pieces fit really well. Um And it looks like this offseason was better than we might have initially thought.
0: Yeah, Um, I give a lot of credit to Steve Kerr for sort of figuring out the formula. I think the mark of a really good coach in today's NBA is taking the pieces that you get and just figuring it out and kind of solving that puzzle. Right. And the days of having five all stars in your starting lineup or whatever it was and, and having Kevin Durant, Steph Clay and Draymond. You know, those days are over, not just for the Warriors, but for the rest of the league. Like, even the Net- Brooklyn Nets, who are as star-powered as anybody, don't have that kind of lineup, right? Um, And with, not to mention guys like Andre Wadala and Sean Livingston as willing sixth-men, seventh-men type of role players. Like, those days are just behind us right now. Uh, and so most coaches, like, that was kind of, hey, S- Steve Kerr, here's everything you need. It didn't take a rocket scientist to figure out which players to play and how to play. Um, I still give... Steve Kerr a lot of credit for those years, but I've given, I thought he's done even a better coaching job this last year than he ever did during the title runs. And that's because he was given a really like lousy hand. And he figured out how to turn that hand into a playoff push. I know they didn't make the playoffs, but I think Steve Kerr grew a lot as a coach. And with that formula that they figured out at the end of last year, they have built on it, right? They figured out what the kind, what kind of players they needed to go out in the offseason and get, they needed a floor spacing big uh, who can also pass the ball a little bit. They needed, um, you know, another wing, and went out and got Otto Porter for the minimum. Um, I, I really thought that um, they did well in getting those pieces. I still question the 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 draft moves they make and getting rookies and stuff like that. But listeners of the show are not strangers to that opinion. But um, I, I think that why it's the biggest storyline is because this is this is why you missed the playoffs for two years in a row, right? Is because you needed to develop these guys and mind these new players, the new supporting cast around Steph, and now we finally have an opportunity to see if it was enough, if they did a good job, a good enough job in those two years. Jordan Poole, Juan escano Anderson, Bealitza Otto Porter, um, all huge additions to this, um, this, this supporting cast around Steph. We'll talk a little bit more about those guys here in a minute, but first, uh, this episode is brought to you by Theragun. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body, whether you're an elite athlete or somebody like me just trying to make it through the day tension-free. Theragun can help. Theragun is a handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power, and it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good. It gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out or an injury or just the stresses of everyday life, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. The OLED screen and design makes you feel like you're holding something from the future. Just go to their site and check it out, and the Theragun app learns from your behaviors and suggests guided routines. Theragun is trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid, elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, and Maria Sharapova, and hundreds of thousands of customers, and me. Try Theragun for 30 days, starting at only $199. Go to therabody.com slash locked on right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's therabody.com slash locked on. therabody.com slash locked on. Thanks for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms for your second listen Get everything you need from contender to pretender around the NBA with the Ultimate Insider NBA Season Preview, the biggest and most comprehensive season preview you can find wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Connor, moving on to the biggest acquisition, and I think this one is pretty easy for me, and I think it's Otto Porter Jr. What he was able to do in the preseason, number one, he was healthy. we we'll just get him from the minimum, the veteran minimum, this offseason season. Draining quarter threes. I love the new nickname, Otto Corner Jr. Um, And it's an apt one. And filling in a much needed, uh, a a big need for size, length, um, and shooting out on the perimeter. Uh, What are your impressions of Otto Porter? Do you you agree that this is the biggest acquisition the Warriors had made?
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, he's a guy who easily could have been signed at a mid-level. And um, you know, we talked about it a little while ago, but I do feel like if they had used their mid-level exception, people would have felt very differently about their offseason. Um, I think it was just the fact that they decided to pocket that $5.9 million contract. People felt like they were leaving an opportunity on the table, but people forget Otto Porter Jr. When healthy is better than a mid-level caliber player at one point in his career. what he was a max level player with Washington that was a probably a, a little a little ridiculous of a contract. But at his best, he's an elite, essential, complimentary guy, role player. I mean, he plays really good versatile defense. He knocks down the open three. He runs the floor. He knows spacing and angles and timing. Uh, he plays well off other guys. He's not selfish. Um, he's a dream role player when he's healthy. The problem is he just has not been healthy for the past couple of years. And, uh, you know, I talked to him about a week ago and did a piece where he got in-depth about why he, he is healthy now and why he's confident he'll stay healthy. He did a ton of work with Rick Celebrini in the offseason. He says he's feeling the best he's ever felt. Um, he's focusing – he's getting as detailed about it as he's focusing on how he's breathing, you know, when he's out there and things like that. So, um, you know, if he truly is healthy and, and all signs are that he is, um, absolute coup on a mid, mid, on a minimum contract. I mean, this guy – could end up being their like fifth best player this season.
0: You mentioned the big question is, is if he is healthy Otto Porter, 42 games in the last two years he's played, uh, that is not good. And I think that's why he was available for the minimum is there were major injury questions, right? This is not just, Hey, one season he's coming off of a tough injury. Now this is a guy who has been dealing and 42 games the last two years, he's been dealing with nagging injuries for two years before that too. Um, it is a major question to me, and I don't want to make too much out of the preseason. Oh, he was healthy. Look at him. He's uh, like It's nice to see him diving for loose balls and stuff. That shows that there's a confidence. Obviously, with age, there comes a maturity of how to take care of your body. And we hear that all the time. I'm not saying that Otto Porter Jr. will play less than 42 games this year. I'm just saying it is a big if. And if Otto Porter does go down, then they are suddenly pretty shallow at that wing spot. I think you would then have to thrust rookies like Moses Moody, maybe even Jonathan Kaminga into a nightly role. And I just, I don't think either is ready for that. Maybe, uh, Moody maybe more so than Kaminga uh, at that position. But um, I think Otto Porter, if he can give you 60 games this year, I think that would be a slam a slam dunk. You know, I, I, an absolute home run for the Warriors on the minimum. And that's with him missing you know, 22 games potentially, but he really needs to be healthy for the playoffs. That's the most important. The other guy that they signed, or we is not the biggest acquisition, but is worth mentioning, is Nemanja Bielitsa. And to me, the three-point shooting is important. Steve Kerr has never had a floor-spacing big like Bielitsa. We know he's been searching for a floor-spacing big like Bjelica for years. You go through Demarcus Cousins, um, the Dragon Bender thing, the Amari Spellman thing. Like over, the, I, like I said at the top of the show, Connor, like this is very much a product of the work that the Warriors have been putting in over the last couple of years. Well they experimented with floor spacing fives. They finally just went out and signed one in Bielitsa. That's been impressive. Also the playmaking that he can do, the passing out of the high post, some of these um, you know, bounce passes that he's making close to the basket in the lane has all been really impressive.
1: Yeah, he he was a guy who um also was kind of at the nadir of his career when the Warriors picked him up, you know, had a had a really rough season last season, basically got benched by Miami um, had some issues with the management over in Sacramento, but people forget just two years ago, he was a really, really good piece for Sacramento. And um, I felt like if he could just rechannel that he could be a huge asset. And, you know, it's just, it's just been preseason, but he's looked like he, he can be that, Um, you know, the way he's spacing the floor, the way he's setting screens, the dribble handoffs. He also has a really high basketball IQ and even though he's not uber-athletic, he uh, he knows his spots, and I think he's been kind of a good, steadying presence out there. And you look at what he did in five preseason games. He averaged 9.6 points, shot 44% from three on almost four attempts per game. I mean, it's probably not realistic to expect that level of production in the regular season, but if he can get close to that and if he can shoot around 40% from three, another absolute coup on a minimum contract and uh, you know, he's a, he's a guy the Warriors have eyed for years. I think they, they've wanted a floor spacing big almost the entire time I've covered the team, which is five years and they haven't had a true one. And so he fills in a huge need and I think he's perfect for it.
0: I think he's your backup center this year. Even when James Wiseman comes back, I think the way that if he keeps playing, I should say this, if he keeps playing the way he did in the preseason, I don't know that Wiseman has a night to night role that is, as uh, big as not just Kavon Looney, who's going to be the starter there at center, but Bielitza, who's sort of the first big off the bench, right? And you can even play Otto Porter, Juan Descono, anderson at the four, even though they've mostly played Juan at the three, you know, if, if it really matters what forward is, which forward um, in the preseason. But um, he's been that good, which is a testament. And I think it's good for Wiseman uh, to maybe have those guys in front of him so that he's relied on a little bit less and you can kind of slow roll his development. Should
1: also mention in the name of acquisitions, uh, go ahead. Sorry. You, you talked earlier about uh, how good of a job Steve did last season and the one caveat to that would be his handling of James Wiseman, but I do, but I I will give Steve, but I will give Steve Kirk credit. He has learned from his mistakes. He, I think has reviewed the film and, and realized That He he, he made some uh, errors in judgment by throwing James into the fire the way he did last season. And I think you're going to see them go almost to the extreme in the opposite direction this season. They're not rushing him back in any sense of the word. They're going to let him go down to Santa Cruz, play some scrimmages, maybe even a couple games down in Santa Cruz. By the time he's back up in Golden State, he'll be playing almost every night, but he will not be playing big minutes. I'm My understanding is he'll be playing around 10 or so minutes. You're right. Uh, it's it's really good that Bialicia can be a real factor because that also takes more pressure off of Wiseman. He can be that third center and, you know, play kind of a, a niche role where he's running the floor, throwing down uh, lobs, and then, you know, hopefully by next season he's got his confidence back, he's feeling healthy, and he can play a bigger role. But there's going to be no pressure put on him at all this season and be Alicia's emergence uh, allows that to happen. So that's big.
0: Um, I understand. I, I don't think Steve Kerr is blameless in the handling of James Wiseman. I agree with you. The The whole handling of James Wiseman's development last year was wrong. It was all wrong. Um, they didn't really figure it out until the end and then he got hurt. Um, but I won't put it all on Steve Kerr either. I think there was a significant amount of pressure from people above Steve Kerr to play James Wiseman, specifically on opening night as well. I don't think it was all Um, Steve. And it kind of feels like most fans just think it is. But there was a lot of pressure coming in from the top down um, to get Wiseman on the floor. Um, In the name of acquisitions, Gary Payton II, last time I had a podcast, the Warriors waved him. I discussed the idea that they could just bring him back on a little bit of a cheaper deal and a little bit more flexibility. That is exactly what the Warriors have done a couple hours before Connor and I started uh, recording here. So Gary Payton, back on the roster, he fills out that 15-man unit. He is your 15th man. Um, coming up next, we get to the biggest question facing the Warriors this season. I bet you can't guess what it is. But first, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. We are back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all of the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new. Updated a desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use your promo code locked on to receive that bonus from basketball, football, baseball, to the postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino. That's basically everything right there. Don't wait to take advantage of all of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. And believe me, it is sports season now. BetOnline, where the game starts. Today's episode is also brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why enter often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry? You have a computer with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership, you could just go to rockauto.com, a family business that has been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, and then write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low price, prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. All right, back here with Connor Letourneau from the San Francisco Chronicle, the brand new, newly minted features enterprise reporter. We will get to La Tuesday trivia here in a minute, a Ben Simmons-themed Tuesday trivia. But first, let's get to our biggest question of the season, and it's obvious for the Warriors. What does Clay Thompson look like when he returns? when does he return is obviously a very big question, but to me, it's not the biggest question. Connor, when he comes back January, February, I don't really care as long as he's healthy. That's all I care about is clay Thompson being healthy. And that to me is why that's the bigger question. What does he look like when he, if, when he returns, because if he's 90% of what he was before that first injury in 2019, I think the warriors are legit title contenders. Um, what do you think, Connor?
1: No, I agree. I mean, um, ultimately this season is going to depend on how healthy clay is and how everyone fits in around him. Um, everything's going to come down to that. I think what we saw in previous season was super encouraging, but, um, if clay misses the majority of the season and, and and never comes back close to a hundred percent, I don't, I still don't think they're legitimate contenders. I think they need clay to at least be close to, um, what he was pre-injury, um, the good thing though is that Jordan Poole seems ready to shoulder the load for a while mm-hmm. and there's not going to be like a drastic, unbelievable drop off there, at least right. offensively. Um, so you know, if if Clay can't come back till maybe February, late January, February, and then he's on a minutes restriction, you know, that's not the end of the world. You just need Clay back to himself by March, April for that playoff push. You know, um, that's what really matters. I mean, that's
0: when I look at the Western Conference. I think there's a pretty clear top three in the West. It's Utah, it's Phoenix, and it's the Lakers. And it's Utah and it's Phoenix because those are complete rosters. I know exactly what I'm getting from that group. They're not very, very, very little has changed with either of those teams. They had the two best records in the West last year. And if anything, both of those teams got better. They added depth and things like that. The Lakers are up there because they have LeBron James, Anthony Davis, um, and they tend to be. The LeBron teams tend to be good when LeBron is healthy. And if they have Anthony Davis there, that's even better. Um, And we're not that far removed from them actually winning the NBA title. So that's my my top three. And then there's like the squishy middle part of the Western Conference with Denver, the Clippers, the Portland Trailblazers, the the Dallas Mavericks, and of course, the Warriors. Um, I think if Clay is healthy in the playoffs, I don't see a team, Utah, Phoenix, Lakers, or any of those squishy West teams that the Warriors can't beat even if they don't have home court advantage in the playoffs, right? If Clay is 90% of what he was before the injury and you've got Steph playing at this MVP level, you've got a motivated Draymond Green, you've got this revamped supporting cast that we've been talking about, you've got Jordan Poole coming off the bench um, and winning those minutes potentially when Steph might be not even on the floor. Um, yeah, I think the Warriors, I'm not picking them to be favorites in the West. There's I, There's just too many questions up and down that roster for me that are mostly health-related at this point, but um if healthy i think that they can take down anybody but it requires clay thompson being 90% of what he was because if he's anything less than that then i don't know much about golden state's chances there's questions offensively there's questions defensively um if clay can't do what he did defensively before these two injuries um and these are unprecedented injuries so i i don't know and that's why it's my biggest question i have no idea what clay is going to look like and anybody by the way that tells you they have any idea what clay is going to look like or when he is going to come back it's full of it because there's no, there's no idea right now. Hence why it is there's the biggest literally no precedent
1: for this. Um, yeah. when he got the Achilles, I, I went down a rabbit hole of research and found that he was literally the first person in NBA history to have two serious injuries like this back to back with zero games in between first player yeah. ever in NBA history. There's no precedent for this. Um, there are reasons to feel optimistic though. Um, Especially with the Achilles, the big thing is explosion and, b- and your jumping ability. He's never been a player that relies much on his athleticism. Um, the way he plays, uh, even if his explosion is is diminished, he should still be effective. Um, where it could hurt him is defensively. Um, you know, he was obviously an all defensive caliber defender before he got injured. He might not quite be at that level, but I don't affect it. I don't expect it to affect him that much offensively. But who knows? All right. Like I. Think oh. Two years is a long time, man. It's been like twenty nine months now. It's not just lost. the injury;
0: it's gonna be rust. The dude hasn't played. Yeah. NBA game. He hasn't played at Chase Center at all, which kind of and he hasn't played crazy. with the vast majority of the guys on this
1: team. No. Um, this he's a really a easy on. player to play with. He's actually a yeah. lot easier to play with than Steph um, yeah. in course. terms of how he plays. Easiest so I don't player think in the that to be an issue, but
0: yeah, easiest player in the league to play with is Clay. Steph is hard to play with, and that's not a thing on his personality at all it's, he's
1: so great that he's hard to play with yeah because people aren't yeah. used to his greatness and it right. re- actually yeah. comes with an enormous learning curve because he's unlike anyone else whereas well, it change, people say he changes the, the geometry
0: of the game it's because he doesn't move the way that other players move it's a lot of reasons but also there's a lot of like draymond talks about this pressure all the time it's like why would i take a wide open shot when i know that steph double covered is a better shot like that's what makes it hard to play with is that kind of pressure but um if anybody knows how to play with uh, uh, Steph it's Clay Thompson so we'll see what it looks like when he comes back um, alright Connor that'll do it for that um, let's move on to La Tuesday trivia um, actually before we do that any thoughts on tonight's game Warriors Lakers uh,
1: I mean like I said you don't want to glean too much from preseason but the Warriors looked great in preseason and the Lakers did not and so it'll be interesting just to see like yeah. how much of that was for real you know, because now that the, the big lights are on and, and this is, you know, games that matter, are the Lakers going to turn the switch on? And are the are we going to see that the Warriors were somewhat of an illusion in the preseason? That's what I'm curious to see.
0: Um, the biggest question to me in the entire NBA is how does Russell Westbrook look alongside LeBron and Anthony Davis? And what does the evolution of that fit look like uh, throughout the regular season? And then obviously in the postseason, if the Lakers make it that far, and, and I think they will, most people do. Um, but to answer your question, I don't think the Warriors were as good as they were in the preseason. Call me crazy, but I don't think they're going to go 82-0. and um, And I don't think the Lakers were as bad as they were in the preseason. So I think tonight we might see something closer to the middle, but I will say I think the Warriors are ready to go now more than the Lakers are. I think the Lakers have a lot more to figure out uh, regarding Russell Westbrook and the other 11 new players that they have on that roster. Uh, they just got Avery Bradley, maybe a little bit of an Avery Bradley revenge game. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: Didn't to uh, think all right. About that, but I, uh, yeah, sure.
0: Let Tuesday. I just want to see Gary Payton second and Avery Bradley just go head to head. That is not. By the way, I mean, that's, not, that's not what anybody I'm, wants to see. I'm anybody.
1: really like, I'm happy to see Gary Payton second get that get that yes. job. Um, it would have been easy to give it to someone like Avery Bradley because he's more established. He has more of a track record. But I feel like Gary Payton the second deserves it. Um, every single time he was on the floor last season and in preseason he did something like he was mm-hmm. fun to watch. Like he had this X factor and this wiggle to his game, especially defensively that was captivating. And I, I know him really well. I actually covered him at Oregon state when he was at Oregon state. Um, so I've been following his whole career and I've always felt like he just needed the right fit and the right opportunity in the NBA. I think this might be it. And uh, it's good to see uh, because I think he deserves it.
0: Um, Couldn't agree more. Um, all right, time for your favorite part of the show. Your favorite part of every Tuesday, Connor. The Tuesday trivia. I shouldn't say every Tuesday because we haven't done this in like two months. Um, but we are back. I don't know what your record was before, but it was very good. You were basically uh, undefeated, save for maybe one or two players here and there. But here's the, here's the deal for, for listeners who don't know what this game is. Um, when Connor and I were both on the Warriors beat, um, we would sit next to or near each other at basically every arena in the country. Uh, for every game during the warriors season and there were just you know how the nba is there's a lot of turnover when you kind of get to the bottom of these 15 man rosters a lot of these two way contracts uh has, have you know on every roster you know add a lot of new players kind of uh unknown type of players to each uh team's roster and so i would just sit next to connor and be like who's that guy never even heard of that guy and connor without missing a beat would be like oh that guy went to you know louisiana Louisiana State Tech and, you know, grad and was drafted in the second round by the Spurs and then went to, you know, this G League assignment and they called them up. This You just have an encyclopedic type of knowledge of some of these no name type of players. And it always uh, blew my mind. And so what we've been doing here on this show is I don't tell you the list ahead of time. I give you five players um, who some of which I've heard of, some of which I've never heard of. And I test your knowledge and, and ask if you know where that player went to college or went to school. If that player didn't go to college, little hint there. Um, So in the spirit of all the Ben Simmons drama, which I don't want to talk about because I talked about it enough on today's locked on NBA show. um, I thought we would do a Simmons related trivia. So this is, this is a list of players with the last name Simmons who have played at some point in the NBA. Are you ready? Connor?
1: I'm ready. I can tell this one's going to be hard.
0: Yeah, I don't know. If you get two, I'll be really impressed. Uh, you're giving me five. I'm giving you five, and this is like back from this dates back to like the 50s.
1: Okay, well, alright.
0: <laughs> if you get two, I'll be impressed. Okay. Um, first one, Kobe Simmons. Kobe with a K. Uh,
1: Kobe Simmons. Uh, he he came out of high school. No. Oh no, he went to he went to Arizona. Okay, we
0: can hear you typing on the other end of this call. Oh, I
1: honestly swear to God, I did not look that up. <laughs> I swear on my life, I was responding to something. I swear on my life. I know that would have been a really fast
0: way to look that he, up. He
1: he went to Arizona. I swear on my life, I did not I look that up. Okay, I know you didn't because I know what
0: kind of character you are, but I don't know that my listeners know you that well.
1: Okay, um, I promise you that I I did not look that up.
0: Bobby Simmons.
1: Bobby Simmons went to DePaul.
0: Wow, two for two. Bobby Simmons did go to DePaul. He played in the NBA for 10 years. Played in the NBA for 10 years. Uh, was drafted by the Seattle Supersonics, RIP. Um, was traded to Washington, played for the Clippers, Milwaukee, New Jersey, Spurs. All right, very good, so you're two for two. So you've already impressed me. You've got, you're have got playing with house money now, Connor. Uh, all right, and this is where it gets tough, I think. Cedric Simmons. um texas Cedric simmons did not play for texas i will give you one more guess if you want it he played for he was drafted in or he made his nba debut in 2006 for the new orleans uh hornets um,
1: I, you went of high school he did not i don't know i mean this is this is the hardest one we've ever had even the first one was hard
0: Yeah, this is a tough one. Yeah. Uh, NC State. Went to NC State. Okay. Um, All right. You're not going to get any of these. This is why I said you are going to. But, you know, you might impress me. Lionel Simmons.
1: Lionel Simmons.
0: Lionel Simmons played in the NBA from 1991 to 1997, all with Sacramento. No idea. Okay. I don't
1: think so. Uh, He, LaSalle. Okay.
0: Good old Sal. All right, last one. Connie Simmons. No idea. <laughs> he played from he played in the NBA from 1947 to 1956. He did not go to college. He came right out of high school out of Flushing High School in New York. He is dead now. He died in
1: 1989. So. <laughs> that was the hardest. That
0: was the hardest <laughs> one by far.
1: We've any listener that that's 90%. not
0: any listener is not impressed by you getting Kobe Simmons and Bobby Simmons, though. That was impressive.
1: Uh, uh, I don't have
0: a bonus for you. You want a bonus?
1: I, I got more wrong on this one than I've like gotten on any of the previous ones combined.
0: That's true. Uh, ben Simmons.
1: Uh, ben Simmons obviously went to LSU. School of hard knocks for Ben Simmons because he had like his godfather was the coach there. Was an assistant coach there. And then, I mean, honestly, there were red flags about Ben Simmons going back to college. Like, when you go to a school where you know you're going to be horrible and you just don't seem to care and then you, like, don't even make the NIT and you just are completely ambivalent about winning, like, that's a red flag. Uh, a little revisionist history, but you're not you're not wrong. You're not is, wrong. Did they make the NIT?
0: No, no, I shouldn't say revisionist. It's like more like Monday morning quarterbacking now. I mean, everybody oh. – the, the Benson's talent was undeniable. I mean, he was a worthy number one pick. I saw him play in
1: high school at a tournament, and I was like, this guy's the truth. I get it. I mean, I get yeah.
0: it. Uh, but the idea that you could just trade him somewhere and just, like, put him in a Giannis role and he could do what Giannis did is just disrespectful to Giannis. Like, nobody does what Giannis does. That's, there's a reason why there's only ever been one Giannis. Um, but I think he could be effective somewhere else, but it's obvious that his time in Philadelphia is done. I mean, We're recording this a couple hours after the doc rivers threw him out of practice. So kind of feels like his time in Philadelphia is going to be over one way or the other. Because
1: he, because he just refused to do a workout. Like, why are you at the practice and, and you're going to not do the whole workout? Oh, he's doing the Jimmy Butler thing. He's doing the James Harden thing. And,
0: but the thing is, Jimmy Butler was a known asshole. James Harden was kind of a known, not asshole, but he was kind of, you know, he didn't, he rubbed people the wrong way and things like that. Ben Simmons, for all we know, is just like this quiet guy who's just been sort of, doing what he's been told for years um, and all of a sudden he's going to try to be like Jimmy Butler level of of jerk. Like it just doesn't work that way. I think like the the Philadelphia 76ers front office and Doc Rivers are probably like, yeah, okay, good luck with that, man. We're going to fine you now. And now he's losing like $2 million for missing the preseason. So um, yeah, I don't know how this is going to end. Um, I do know that how this podcast is going to end and it's going to end Right now. That'll do it for today. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on Warriors on YouTube. And wherever you listen to podcasts, comment and leave a five-star rating. Uh, and reach me on Twitter at WCGoldberg. Please do consider signing up for my Substack or just check it out. WestGoldberg.Substack.com. And, of course, follow Connor on Twitter at con underscore and read all of his great work over at the San Francisco Chronicle. Thank you for making Locked on Warriors your first listen every day. Now make your second listen. Locked on Fantasy Basketball. Josh Lloyd hosts the number one daily fantasy basketball show on the planet, it's free and it's available on all platforms.